This episode is brought to you by marketing consulting firm, the Bonafide Lyrics and Marketing, LLC, where creativity meets business. You can check us out at www.theblm.com for more information on how we help local artists and creatives maximize their business presence. We here, episode two, season two of the All Love No Fear podcast. You hey, know hey, who we hey, are. Hey, 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 hey. Yes. We are at episode two. Hey, hey. Hey, is, hey, hey. Wow. We are at episode two. Hey, hey. You had hey, a timing hey. on that one. You had to kind of catch it a little bit. Yeah. It's was, fine. A little off. Right. You got a little I was ex- a little off. You were a little exuberant, which, you know, I appreciate your excitement and whatnot. But, you know, here we are. So we are at the second episode. Word, now we are word. here with mm. the uh, recording video again. Word, word, word. So I'm sorry again if I'm like doing weird things. I'm just not used to video yet. Yeah. Uh, we're going to figure this out. Word. You're going to figure it out with us. Word. Join us for the ride. I'll be honest. I hated how I sounded last time. So okay. I'm going to try to talk clearer this time. Okay. That, that is my goal. <laughs> These are the goals. Yeah, These without are the goals. without sounding like I'm trying to talk clearer. <laughs> okay, so you want to do it, but not seem like you're concentrating as much. Yes, because when I do that, I sound robotic, and it sounds ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. I feel you. <laughs> I feel you. I All right. So, um, real quick, um, how was your weekend? How was my weekend? Um. What did I do? I don't even know. These weekends be going by so fast. Um, and I, I was with you also. So, like, how was our weekend? What did we do? <laughs> that's, I'm sorry. That's, that's called passing the buck. That's I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so what did I do? So yesterday... You were just decorating the church. I was decorating the church um, for the holiday celebration that's happening on Wednesday. So, yeah, I did that. Then I went to... Where did I go? I think, um, yeah, I think I... Went to Trader Joe's, one of my favorite places in the whole uh, whole wide world. Trader Joe's is my happy place. I love Trader Joe's. <laughs> so, there are just so many, like, amazing products and things in there that you can get. And it doesn't cost a lot. Where? You can really, you know, go in there and spend less than $50 and actually have, like, a basket full of items. Like, it's really just a beautiful, beautiful place. Um, I it's wouldn't a, go on a Saturday, though. It's a... I wouldn't. I guess it's Whole Foods if Whole Foods cared about people with who don't have money. Right. Like it's it's the budget friendly version of Whole Foods. And dare I say better quality to me. I feel like I like Trader Joe's stuff more than stuff I buy from Whole Foods. That's just my opinion. And maybe I, I, I'm biased I, I, because the Whole Foods stuff be whole paycheck stuff. And um I, I wouldn't know. I haven't, I haven't stepped in Whole Foods in a long time since I paid a thirty, paid for a thirty-five dollar grape. So, thirty-five dollars for grapes. What kind of? I, I just feel as if, like, I'm exaggerating, of course, but I feel as if I pay excessive amounts of money for um, Whole Foods, and I don't like it. I, <laughs> I mean, don't listen. like anything about it. 
Listen, I mean, it's you gotta. <laughs> I don't like anything about it. Yeah, it's, it's quite trash. Would not recommend. No. Would would not recommend. No, I would not recommend. Yeah, like even when I go there for like, because there's a Whole Foods by my office, and sometimes, occasionally, I want plantains really bad, mm-hmm. and that's one of the only places around me that I can get them. So I'll go there, get a little box, a little, because they have like the hot lunch, the hot buffet, whatever thing. So I'll go get a little um, plantain, get a little, uh, what's the other thing I, they've got? These like sweet chili wings and maybe like a little, you know, dollop of, uh, uh, what's that thing called? Cream spinach. I go put it on the whey thing and it's like $15. I'm like for three plantains, three chicken wings and a spoonful of cream spinach. All right. It's good, but it ain't no $15 worth, so I just, yeah. I've had to let that go as a as a thing that I'm going to do in my life. Because I'm like, I can't, if I'm going to spend $15 for lunch, I'm going to have something that's a little bit more um, substantial than than whatever it is they're trying to offer. So, no. It's a dub on that. Word. Like I, I like I do like their cookies though, and those are reasonably priced, all things considered. So every now and again, I'll go in there and get one of their chocolate chip cookies or, or something. But, and their sodas aren't bad. If I want to have a soda, but like not feel bad about myself for having it, um, I'll go there. But, yeah, generally, it's a dub. Okay, it, it's a dub, one hundred percent, hundred percent dub. Word word. Yeah. Um, but real quick before we get into it. Shout out to y'all on Spotify. Shout out to y'all on Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm. Shout out to y'all on Google Podcasts. Shout Word. out to y'all on Stitcher. Shout out to y'all on, on Blueberry. Word. Shout out to y'all on iHeartRadio. Word. Shout out to you on YouTube. Ha ha. Ha ha. We are on YouTube. On the tubes of you. On the tubes of you. We are there. We are so there. So please come watch us out there. Our first episode is up there. Um, we're going to start releasing the video on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, and the audio, of course, as you can hear right now, is on Tuesday. Word. Tuesdays at 7 a.m. Word. Um, if you have any questions for us, you can always hit us up at allofnofearpcast at gmail.com. And we're going to go right into our love it. Or lose it. And love it. Love it. Or lose it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Lose it. Was that baritone, bass? Like what? what I was, it was everything. It was oh, everything. it was all the things. I you used, just slide. I used, I used all the notes. Yeah, you used all the. You had a scale. Okay, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> all all right. Well, you know, it wasn't. It wasn't. Okay, that's fine. That's what you want to do. Um, who are me to uh, judge you? Um, so love it or lose it this week. So this is inspired by um, a visit I had this week in Brooklyn. So welcome to love it or lose it, bodega sandwich edition. Oh, let's let's explain. We gotta do love or lose every time, just in case we have new listeners. Yes, 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 yes. All right, Correct. so love it or lose it. We have four choices. Out of the four choices that are chosen, usually only one person knows what the choices are. This time, Kristen knows the choices, mm-hmm. and she will give. Did me I know them last time too? Yes. Okay. Um, she'll give you four choices, and I have to choose one. I will lose and throw away, and everything that comes attached to it. Or, and one that I will love. Word. All right. So, go ahead, please. Okay. So, Deli Sandwich Edition. Um, this is for the New Yorkers. Um, if you're from not New York, um, you may not relate to this as deeply 
as we do. But right. um, Mad Regional Podcast. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> so here in New York, um, we uh, spend a lot of time at the bodegas, especially those of us who live in the five boroughs, um, Queens Stand Up, Brooklyn Stand Up. I'm a Long Islander now, but I'm coming back to you. God willing. Um, yeah, so bodegas. Uh, where you go and order a bacon, egg, and cheese, salt, pepper, ketchup. That is one word. Um, and you say it just like that. There's no pause. There's no bacon, egg, and cheese, salt, pepper, ketchup. That's how you say it. Okay? When you order. So if you ever come to New York and you want to try one of these things, practice what I just said. Because it will make you not sound like a foreigner when you come. Um, so, yeah. We, we, I grew up. Well, not grew up. I'm a liar. I, when I was in high school, I spent a lot of time at the bodegas ordering the very same bacon, egg, and cheese, salt, pepper, ketchup. Um, with an Arizona that is a true New York Negro's breakfast, um, ask about it. We don't get orange juice. We get Arizonas. Um, I don't make the news. I just report it. Um, you know, for lunch, if you're feeling fancy, you get you a, you know, a little, you know, turkey on a, on a roll or on a hero if you want to share with a friend, you know, whatever, whatever. So, um, this week I was in Brooklyn and, uh... I was like, oh, there's a real bodega over here. Let me go in. And so I did. So um, all the New York people here will be familiar with the four um, bodega sandwiches I'm about to name. Um, These are all hard choices. I haven't chosen a number one myself, but we're going to go with it. So New York bodega sandwiches. Love it or lose it. Turkey and cheese, your choice of cheese. With all the fixings. Uh, I guess your choice of turkey also. Your choice of turkey. Yeah. It can be honey glazed, um, um, pepper, pepper, turkey, turkey all, yeah. any of the turkeys your heart desires. With cheese, lettuce, tomato, mayo, um, onions, whatever you want to put on there. Um, chicken cutlet. Uh, you can do that with cheese, without cheese. I ate one of those yesterday, as a matter of fact. Uh, lettuce, tomato, you know, the whole works, however you want to get it set up. Um, chopped cheese with your choice of cheese and all the accoutrements mentioned before, or a Philly cheese. So those are your four options for love it or lose it. It's, it's weird that we're choosing a Philly cheese for the New York bodegas, but it's cool. <laughs> but they be selling them over there. No, I know, but it's they just, do. It just sounds funny. I know, I know. Philly cheese be be just <laughs> out here everywhere. It'd be like, it's yeah. from Philly though, but like, okay. But it is a New York uh, bodega yeah. specialty. It is. Um, so that's why I chose to uh, add it to the list. So yeah, our four love it or lose it choices. What would you love? What would you lose? The, t- the any turkey and cheese with the fixings, uh, the chicken cutlet with the fixings, the chopped cheese with the fixings, or the Philly cheese with whatever. What comes on Philly cheese? Like besides cheese, it's usually onions, peppers. Yeah, I'm just trying to think. Yeah. So those are the choices. Um. If you're gonna say chicken cutlet, chicken cutlet might be my lose. Okay, tell me more. Um, I think that's the one I want the least because chicken cutlet is usually a frozen chicken cutlet. Mm-hmm. It's, us- it's usually a frozen chicken cutlet that they have that they have to come and take out, and then it, it's not really like cooked, cooked mm-hmm. on the stove, right? Like I the other, like the other things are. Gotcha. Um. Yeah, I think chicken cutlet might be the one I would throw away. Like, I think chicken cutlet is good. I'm not taking it away. But I mean, I feel like I've started eating chicken cutlet because of you. Because I don't have. think that was the thing that I really was into before. You might have. But out of those four, I, I, I think I, I I choose chicken cutlet just to pick something different. Okay. Gotcha. Because, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't like going, getting to the same thing 
Gotcha. So when you feel like you want to spice it up, yeah, chicken cutlet is your is your go to. Okay, that's fine. Cause I I think I get grilled chicken more than I get chicken cutlet. That's true too. That's true too. You are more of a grilled chicken. So I yeah. think I get excited when you actually want to get the fried chicken. I'm like, look at him <laughs> with the fried chicken. Look at him. Yeah. Mm. So chicken cutlet, I think. Um, I think I don't think it tastes as good as the others. Okay. Okay. Um, and I, I wouldn't I wouldn't choose that over the others. Mm-hmm. Okay. To be honest. Um, for me, I think my lose it is probably gonna be the turkey and cheese. I'm not you, you never choose turkey and cheese. Like I used to go you know what it is? When I was in high school and like college, I used to get them all the time. I got them in high school too. All the time. Like turkey and cheese, because that was back when like a roll was like three dollars. Yeah. So like and the Yemeni guy at the de- bodega I used to go to in Queens, like used to hook it up. Like the way he used to make that sandwich, like just he would put the oil and vinegar on it and oh my god, it used to be so good. But it's like these days that's not my go to. And you know what it is? I think I'm not really like a cold sandwich person anymore. Well, I, I I've had it both ways. Like I I'm the the um place by my job they used mm. to like um chop up the turkey with the um cheese melted, mm. melted cheese on top mm. and like they um sometimes put peppers inside of it so oh, they was jazzy so okay. it's I've, I've had both yeah and i think the one i got you the other day the guy like asked me did i want it hot and i said yeah but yeah i'm like most of the time like a lot of these places like they make it cold and i'm like i'm not really a cold sandwich person so i like i'll eat it if like that's that's what there is and you know what it is, too? I think, like, when I was pregnant, I couldn't really have cold cuts. So, like, I think my taste for cold cuts just died in general. So, yeah, the turkey and the cheese would probably be what I would have to lose. I'll still eat it. But if I couldn't, if I had to make a choice out of these four, like, the, the turkey and cheese would probably have to exit stage left. Which, I mean, it says more about me and my health choices than, than anything else that I would throw away the turkey and cheese. And, like, am I getting rid of the turkey and cheese because I don't like health or... Because all these other things are very high calorie, very fatty. Like the turkey and cheese is actually like the healthiest option here. So I don't know if I need to judge myself um, and my choices because I'm choosing to get rid of the turkey and cheese. But yeah, buy turkey and cheese. <laughs> that's that's where we are. That's sad. What's sad? Get rid of the turkey and cheese. Well, I mean, you know, yeah, come on, come on. You know, you know me. Yes. You know me. So what's your love it? What's your love it of the choices? I've been trying to figure it out. Okay, you're trying to think <laughs> about you're it. Talking. Um, what is my go-to out of those? I'm so I'm split between the turkey and cheese and the Philly cheese, right? Mm-hmm. And I think I think I've never I think I've had less. I guess my my mindset is I've had less bad. Um, not bad. Every turkey and cheese I've had, I've liked. Okay. Okay. I made it up. I, made it up. <laughs> right. I was waiting for you to move on. You were like, ah. so I don't know if you really believe what you said. No, I made it up. Um, you lie. You lie. Sorry. I don't know. I am too. I'm, Sorry. I'm trying to figure it out. Okay. What has you on the fence? Because I really like turkey and cheese, and I really like Philly cheese. Mm-hmm. And, like, 
But like Philly but, but, cheese but with I, the I, chicken I, or Philly cheese with the with the either one. But okay. I, but for for Philly cheese, I need to be in the mood for it. Okay. I can have turkey and cheese at all times. Okay. It's my go-to, but it doesn't mean that it's better. Okay, I understand what you're saying. I see the conflict. Yeah, because like Philly cheese is like I just I can't have Philly cheese all the time. It's just right. too, it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of food. And you're not like a meat eater, so yeah. it's not really a thing. Whatever was happening there was frightening me. I'm sorry. Like out the corner of my eye, I just saw something glowing and ugly. I'm like, what is that? <laughs> but um, yeah, like um, I think Philly cheese, I just can't have all the time. But if I'm if your if your question is what is, I can't I can't. Just just make a choice. This is nobody's life or death is hanging on a thread here. <laughs> I know. If the if the question is love it, hold on to it. Never let it go. Mm-hmm. It's going to be turkey. Okay. And cheese, I guess I'll say it that way. Because that's okay. what I can have all the time. Okay. All right. But I will say a fantastic Philly cheese is better than a fantastic turkey and cheese. Okay. That's valid. <laughs> that's valid. That's valid. <laughs> like the best Philly cheese I've had is better than my, my best turkey and cheese. But turkey and cheese is my tried and true. Okay. That's that's your go-to. You know that yeah, that's that, always that going to work for you. That is my tried and true. Yeah, because not all Philly cheeses are created equal. Correct. Yeah, I've I've had some that are just like, sir, this is just. Please don't do this. So. Yeah, I understand. I understand. All right. Um, my love it. I'm going back and forth between a chopped cheese and the and the chicken cutlet. Okay. Um. The chicken cutlet. I like it because of there's a little crunch and texture to the skin of the breaded chicken, even though I know it's like frozen and it came out of a, a ShopRite freezer somewhere. Um, <laughs> Not a ShopRite freezer. <laughs> it's completely possible. Or a BJ's freezer or Costco. It came out of a freezer. That's mm-hmm. that's really it. Um, but I like the combo of it with like, I don't like fried chicken with cheese on it, by the way. Like, I think that's disgusting. And if you like that, something's wrong with you. Um, you heard it here first, but, um, I do like it like from the deli, with like lettuce and tomato and like a little bit of mayo and salt and pepper, like that combination and the crunches of chicken makes me very happy. Um, however, I am a red meat eater through and through and a chopped cheese. For those who don't know what a chopped cheese is, it's basically a chopped up cheeseburger, um, with the fixins. Um, I gotta stop saying fixins. Um, but it makes me, <laughs> I don't know, like it's not... I realize how many times I've said it um, in the course of in the course, sorry, of this podcast, and I'm like, maybe I'm not country. I promise. I just like the term "fixins" for some reason. It makes me happy. Just say sides. Yes, but not. It's not even sides. It's 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 the accompaniments. The, the accompaniments. Yes. Okay. The see, company. but how long? See, the that's accom- why I went to fixin because accompaniments is really long. Accompaniment tracks. Get out. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, like I had one the other day. Uh, I should have told a guy not American cheese because that was not the greatest. And but I didn't think about it until he had started making it. I was like, oh. Yeah, but delis, if you don't say cheese, they automatically assume American. Yeah, and I should have told him what cheese I wanted. Because when I asked him for your sandwich, I asked for provolone. And so I guess I assumed that I communicated that to him, but I did not. So it had American cheese on it. So it didn't really hit the way I wanted it to hit because it's American cheese. But um, that being said, it was really delicious. Um, and chopped cheeses seem to be like a Burroughs thing and not a 
not a Long Island thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was. You can get it at certain places. You can get it at certain places, but not well, every not every Long Island deli has like chopped cheeses. Correct. But basically, like I said, it's like a chopped up cheeseburger, um, and they you know do lettuce, tomato, uh, onions, ketchup, whatever you want to put on it, really, like how you would make a burger. So that's that's. That's where I am. So I think the chopped cheese is my love it. Okay. Because I do enjoy a burger and I do, but I don't sometimes like eating a burger and having all the mess. But when they make a chopped cheese, they kind of like bring it all together. So it doesn't, it's not as messy. It's like sloppy Joe, but not a sloppy Joe. It's just like. I, I do like a sloppy Joe. I do not. Um, I don't like messy things. I don't like sandwiches that have a lot of drippings and I don't, I don't drippings. like it. Yeah, I don't like it. It doesn't. <laughs> you know, that's probably where Avery gets it from with the not liking food everywhere because I don't yeah. like that either. I'm like, oh, get it out of here. So, yeah, I think a chopped cheese is my number. It's just so good. Like, it just, it just, you know, ugh, I can't explain it. But just to have, like, that combination of, like, meat and cheese and, like, lettuce, tomato and all that stuff just in one bite. just Because I feel like with a burger sometimes – Depending on the size of the patty versus the ratio of the bread, then with the which you like you don't get the same thing every bite. Okay. But the chopped cheese, I feel like I get all of the things at once in one bite and it makes me very happy. Okay. So my choice is chopped cheese. I was going back and forth between um that and the Philly cheese, but Philly cheese is one of those things I gotta be in a mood to, to eat too, like you yeah. said. Like I don't always want that. Like I can go into Delhi and see Philly cheese and be like, Never mind, what else y'all got? Like, I don't always want that. So, yeah. yeah. Philly cheese is good, but, like, all the time, it just, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be sitting on your stomach for, like, years, <laughs> years, years. It sits on your stomach for a long time. Yeah. It it's, is, it is it's not, not a light meal. No, not no, at all. No. Because I ate that chopped cheese, and I was like, oh, okay, I'm full, but I'm not, like, going to die now. Yeah, yeah. I don't need to take a nap now because I ate this. So, yeah, yeah, chopped cheese for the win. For the win, for the win, for the I'm win. I'm rocking. For the win. I am rocking. Yes. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Word, word, word. Word. It's Christmas time and Hollis Queen's grandma's cooking something in collard greens. What? Pull it together. I'm sorry. I couldn't remember it. I blanked in the moment. <laughs> Pull it together. Gosh, I feel very judged in this moment. Um, and I don't like it at all. But whatever. We're moving on. What do we got next on the docket? On the docket. Mm-hmm. On the docket, we have our topic. Our topic, our topic, our topic. So um, our topic for today, um, I don't really have real words for it because, like, what I wrote down isn't, like, real. It was just, you know, thoughts. But I think uh, I want to frame it in such a way that uh, it doesn't necessarily make us feel like we have a responsibility, so to speak, but just, you know, to kind of help us keep our eyes open. So the topic quote unquote for today is like being able to like spot abuse in interpersonal relationships with people. Um, And the reason this came up, um, I'm going to give a little backstory without giving too much detail or too much name. Um, So on social media, social media we talked about last week, there's a lot of things that are on there. Um, And, you know, it's, it's useful in a lot of ways. Uh, And so, Maybe like a week or two ago, I was on the social medias, uh, minding other people's business like I usually do when I'm on there. And it's not minding my own. Like, What's the point? I could just not be on there. Um, but yes, I was on the social media, um, you know, trying to distract myself, minding other people's business. And I saw a post from somebody that 
um, I used to know. It's not a beef or anything like that. It's just that, you know, we worked together on something. And then once that was over, the relationship kind of like separated, but not like on bad terms or anything like that. Just like, you know, we don't move in the same circles anymore, so we don't see each other. But um, this person posted like a story. I don't know if story is the right word, but they posted um, on their social media about. It was, it was like a cry out. Yeah, it was a cry for help. Yes. Um, on their social media about abuse that they had been facing for years at the hands of a family member. And um, the story, first of all, was um, really sad and, and just crazy. But it also was shocking to me because I had never even considered that this dynamic may be taking place while I was around this individual. And I was around this individual. Around all of them. Around all the people that were named in this story. I was around all of them for months. I want to say like at least six months where we were all in close contact. So, you know, when I saw the story, I was genuinely like surprised. And, you know, the alleged perpetrator of the abuse is someone that is, you know, I don't want to say too much and give away, but like it's somebody that, you know, is in a position of authority, so to speak, and not someone that you think would be doing something like or not someone that you you would expect based on their their religious leader. They're a religious leader. Yeah. And you wouldn't think that a religious leader would be doing. And I don't know if that's naive of me. Um to think that because I know that just because someone's a religious leader doesn't mean that they're not a human being capable of having faults and whatever, whatever. But, you know, something about it just really shocked me. I didn't have any idea. I was genuinely flabbergasted. I I I think I was shocked because of that. I've had conversations with him Mm -hmm. and he's, and in my mind, they seem very, um, they didn't seem aggressive to me. Right. Right. They didn't seem very aggressive to me, and usually right. I can I can point out people who look who seem very aggressive, mm-hmm. but he they didn't seem aggressive, so it it, it threw me off mm-hmm. a lot when I saw I, I know the, I know the people too. We were all together, right? Um, collaborating. So this story kind of threw me off because I was because like after you hear about it, then you try to go back like oh maybe this maybe that, but it's kind of hard to point out before sometimes mm-hmm. and um i was having a conversation and i was i was thinking i think the big issue is that when we um we might see certain signs mm-hmm. but if they're not very overt in terms of like screaming or right. pushing or right. things like that we might just be like, oh, this person might just be having a bad day, mm-hmm. or we don't we don't count it as um, counting as abuse, right? And everything because we don't want to cast um, put somebody in a box that they're not in. So we're trying to like we give a lot of people the benefit of the doubt when it comes mm-hmm. down to abuse, right? Um, so like. And especially if we like, we don't see like. It doesn't seem like um, the person is like covering up or anything. Like it just, 
like like I said, of course, after the fact, we realize a lot of things. Mm-hmm. We like we notice like, oh, maybe that's why like their interactions were this way, right? And everything, and like it's stuff like that. But it just I don't know. Do should we like now go into things like? automatically assuming people are in abusive relationships and right. just like <laughs> right and just try to find the signs it, it's hard to like right gauge it that way right because like you said like looking back like after reading what the person wrote and looking back i was like there was some like there would be times because I'm, I'm very much like an energy person and like i can walk into a room and know that and feel like something just jumped off before i got in here um just based off of the energy in the room and it's like you know I, you know, I I remember feeling like there were a couple of times where we were around them and it kind of felt strange, but like I didn't really know what it was. But but it it could it could just be an argument, and it could just be an argument. Like so, yeah. I'm so just like, like, oh, maybe so, maybe there was a, a heated discussion before I got which, in here, which people go to, which all people time. do all the time. So it's like it doesn't doesn't mean that it's abuse, right? And so it's just like it wasn't it wasn't. It wasn't that I felt that even if I had seen it, that I could have done something to prevent it because that's a that's a family situation that I'm not a part of. So I don't have any kind of say in it, but I just kind of felt like, well, dang, like maybe like who knows? Like I'm now like replaying conversations in my head, like maybe those were subtle cries for help, like certain things that were being said, but like I wasn't catching it because I wasn't thinking that that was the dynamic that was going on behind closed doors. So um, I guess, are there ways to like spot it really? And cause like, cause like you said, like there's a, a thin line between, Oh, it was just an argument and Oh, it's something bigger than that. Like, how do you, how do you, how do you, how do you address that when you see it? Because it's like, I feel like once you see it, you can't ignore it. Although I get the reasons for ignoring it because, you know, we've heard stories of people who have intervened in like domestic violence situations and like they've been hurt or killed for getting involved. So you don't want to kind of put yourself at in danger by involving yourself. But it's like, but even in the story where like, um, it, they try to get addressed and like the person goes back Right. Or, like, they don't want to be saved. Right, (laughs) right. Mm -hmm. So, like, it's hard to address with that because even in terms of law, um, unless the person comes forward, nothing can really really happen. Right, right. And, you know. But at least if you know, you can, like, keep talking to them and try to keep encouraging them away Mm -hmm. from it. Right. If you don't know, then it's, like, I've... In my mind, it seems like the person could be crying out for help and you would never hear it because you don't even know what language they're talking. Right, right. And I think that um, that becomes my, wor- my worry. Right. Is that someone's trying to scream and tell me. Right. But I can't, I, I'm so oblivious that right. I'm not listening to the language they're trying to tell me. Right. And I think that um, that bothers me. Agreed, agreed. Me too, me too. And so I wonder, like, what what things can we do to become more um, aware, I guess? Because I think part of it is because that's not something that we've experienced, like, in that at that level or in that level of intensity before. 
it's just like, what do you, like, we can't even imagine, like, what that looks like or what uh, uh, a cry for help would look like. Because to us, it might look like, oh, this person is just, you know, they wildin', they, they're overreacting, they're whatever, whatever. But, you know, little do we know that this, what we're seeing is the manifestation of, you know, a year of XYZ abuse going on. So it's like, how do we, as people who aren't familiar with that particular dynamic, become more familiar? Like, I, I don't know. What's, what's interesting is, I think that, um, I think some t- somehow we we can figure it out because like I've I've seen that happen. I forgot who it was, but it was someone else I know. What uh, I found out later was getting abused, and I remember um, having the same thought about certain things. Mm-hmm. So I I think it's just it's just our mind telling us it can't be that crit- it can't be that it can't be right. like that because like we like I said we give people the benefit of the doubt right based right. off that. But I think we um we we just have to be mindful and just keep watching to see yeah. what's going on. Yeah. Um and like be I I think and I like I said, I think um as as humans sometimes we just have to be mindful and just like I said, not to just um co- confront them mm-hmm. but just to understand sometimes you want to if they are crying out, you wanna be able to hear them. Right. And everything you want to be able to hear what they're saying mm-hmm. and hear, hear um hear their concerns right um when when they have them and when when they're ready to go you want you want they want the, someone to be to believe them right right, <laughs> right. so like, i i think that um yeah i i think i don't i'm not saying get really into someone else's relationship right but just be mindful of how people interact in their relationship right because like I I, th- I think what it is is, especially when people are a lot older, mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't pay attention too much to their interactions as a couple mm-hmm. as much. Right. Um, and I think maybe it's because like sometimes I feel as if like people in relationships for a long time, sometimes they're just not as close as they used to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And like not in like I want to get divorced now, but just like they're just not as. Like their relationship has evolved, you know, over you to, know, to 20, something, 30 to, years. To something different. Right. So, like, that's also where I, I'm kind of am. Right. So, I, I think that, that kinda, that's part of it, too. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. So, like, and, like, some, like it, it makes me also think, like, I have to, like, I had to start, like, rethinking, like, a lot of my friends who are relationships mm-hmm. and, like, interact and watching how they interact with their mm-hmm. spouses mm-hmm. to make sure, like, and but like even with that, like it's there's no way there's still no way to know. Right. And you don't want to like introduce that right conversation. Cause, right. Because like you, you don't <laughs> it's it's one of those things where it's like if you see it or you have a feeling about it, it's like you don't know how to or if you even should broach the topic. Because like if a person's not ready to kind of talk about that or address that situation, you bringing up bringing it up even in a, you know, super gentle way can cause that person to, like, retreat further away from you so that you can't, you know, intervene or help in any way should you need to. And then the other the other thing, too, is that um, 
you don't want to bring it up and be wrong. Correct. In terms of what you're saying. Because now you've just, you know, damaged a relationship with someone because now they're like, oh, this person looks at me this way and thinks that I'm this. Correct. And that's it, not it, really what's going especially on. Especially if, if um, you're friends with both, both parties. So now you, you think that um, I'm abusive. Right, right. <laughs> and now it's like, oh, your friend don't like me. Your, our friend don't like me. Or they think whatever, whatever. And it's just like none of, yeah. It, so it's just like it's, it's a really, like, delicate uh dance because like you want to be a good friend you want to be there you want to support you want to do whatever but you don't want to like overstep your bounds and insert yourself in something that you don't really know the full story about it's like I feel like it almost has to be to the point where it's like either super obvious or the person experiencing the, the, the abuse like flat out tells you this is what's happening because even if you see something and it's like I feel like there are some friends I have where I know I could probably say something like very candidly to them if I saw something that I was concerned about. But like I know there are other people in my life like I can't just be like, oh, um, what's up with that? And so it's like, do I do I like what do I do? Like, do I just kind of sit there and like watch it happen and kind of wait for it to like happen in front of me? Or do I interject? But then at the same time, I have to say to myself, like, I'm not the only friends this person has. This person also has family or other stuff. So somebody else out there, at least one person out there, I hope in their sphere of of influence knows. Not to say I'm trying to, like, pass the buck, but I'm like, I'm hoping that even if I'm not in a position for whatever reason to say something or do something that there's somebody else in their life that sees the same thing. And I'm sure if I had a friend or a family member where it was like real obvious that something was going on, but they weren't saying anything, I would probably try to like connect with somebody else that I know they know, like a mutual friend or family member and be like, uh, so I've noticed X, Y, Z, have you noticed? And maybe, you know, try to band together and maybe approach the person that way. Not on some, like, we're trying to gang up on you, but, like, you know, we both noticed, blah, blah, blah. But it's 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 still a slippery slope. And, and I feel like n- kind of no matter how you slice it, like, you really run the risk of, of um, either ruining... Or, like, seriously damaging, at the very least, your relationship with a friend or losing a friend altogether because of um, that situation and, and feeling like you need to um, say something or step in. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and um, and I was thinking also, like, you want to... Um, I guess this is this can also be for people um people in relationships always be mindful of where your relationship is also mm-hmm. um be mindful of how strained it is mm-hmm. i don't know how that's not easy <laughs> <laughs> it's not an easy thing to say okay. but um just because like sometimes there's a Sometimes we just might be seeing before the breaking point, also. Right. And but we, but like once again, people, people never think it would be them mm-hmm. or someone that they know. Right. Like it's just it's that's just how 
we are operating, which which is which is where I think the surprise when we read the story came from. Because like, what? What? Yeah, pe- people people would never assume it's somebody that they know, mm-hmm. or it would be them. Right. So like, even if like there's like red flashing lights, <laughs> mm-hmm. things flashing and everything, people are like yeah, but it would not be like no matter what's going on, mm-hmm. it would never get that far. Absolutely, hundred percent. So, I think that um, more 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 so than um us looking from the outside in, mm-hmm. um, be mindful of signs in your own relationship. Mm-hmm. I'll say that. Just be mindful of the build up to get to that point. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm not saying, hey. Might might want to might want to leave them. That's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But okay. you might want to have conversations, um, just on, maybe just counseling. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe like maybe just it might, it might just be time for counseling mm-hmm. before it escalates to that point. Yeah, yeah. And everything. Um, I, I don't know. If it's a good idea to say like, oh, you might be abusive. That's not that's right. not a good idea either. Well, that's not a that's <laughs> not a good a good leading to the conversation. Yeah. No. As you see, we're we're kind of struggling trying to talk, trying yeah. to figure out because it, it's just it's a weird topic to mm-hmm. how do you address it in right. different ways. But right. like, I I think that um maybe ways to get around it is to just. If you see any signs, even though you like, oh, it would never happen. Just like, let's just go to counseling to figure out what, where we are. Right, right, and right, everything. Right, and I, you know, to me, I don't feel like like we we we're big proponents of counseling here at the All Love No Fear podcast. Um, absolutely, I feel like you know you if you if you if you feel like you're heading down that that road. And you kind of want to like put the brakes on it before it gets any further. Like I definitely agree with what Mark said about going to counseling. Um, you know, I do think though um, the counseling piece only works if both people agree to go. Um, Correct. Because I mean, yeah, it's great that you go for like separate counseling on your own, but like I feel like the challenge becomes even greater when. You know, if you feel this way that, you know, the relationship is going in a way that you feel is is alarming and could lead to a domestic violence type of situation. But the other person doesn't feel that way. Like, you know, you're I don't want to say you're going to counseling in vain because I feel like any counseling is helping you um, work on yourself and being a better version of you. But like, I don't know how effective it can be in addressing that particular interpersonal relationship issue if the other person isn't willing to join the counseling conversation you know what i mean so you know it's 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 just a really delicate and complicated situation i mean hopefully going to the individual counseling can help the person kind of figure out who they are? Who they are? What they, what they want to do for themselves? Yeah. I, I, I think and I maybe think, figure out are, ways to deal with their partner based on what they're sharing with the counselor. But right. it's not the same as the person being there. So I feel like it, it's it its effectiveness is there, but it's not necessarily what it could be. Yeah, I, I think I always think both counseling is important: counseling mm-hmm. for yourself and counseling for the um, relationship or the marriage. Mm-hmm. I think um, both are always important, but both but both need to happen. Mm-hmm. 
um, like I said, individually to find out how what you are, what your thoughts are, mm-hmm. put your thoughts together, mm-hmm. um, and figure out how that works. But also how the d- dynamic of the relationship mm-hmm. interacts and how that works out. Right. Right. <laughs> so right. I think I think both are important. Right. And then you know I was just thinking you know the other challenge too um, that that you know is related to this particular situation that we brought up that kind of discussed this topic. Um, is the religious aspect of it. Yes. Um, Because a lot of times, um, you know, Christians have very specific, uh, like, beliefs and thought processes about certain things when it comes to marriage. And there are a lot of people who legitimately believe that being divorced is a sin. And so they will stay in these types of abusive situations because they feel like if I get a divorce, God will be mad at me. Or people who know about the abuse but don't say anything for fear that if they expose the person's abuse, God will be mad at them. And I'm just like, again, Christianity needs a public relations representative to fix it. Because if someone is in a situation where they are being harmed— they are being beaten. They are being abused emotionally, financially, in any kind of way. And they believe that the God of the religion they practice wants them to stay in a situation where they are being harmed. They have been taught wrong. They have been doing it wrong. And it's all, it's all around wrong. Because I, I don't believe that the God that I serve, the Jesus that died on the cross for me, wants me to stay in a situation where I'm being harmed because I believe he called me to have life and have it more abundantly and being beaten to within an inch of my life is not that. And the fact that people around the situation who are also like Christians are indoctrinated to believe touch not thy anointed, which is something that people twist terribly, um, they believe that. So they believe that if they call out this religious leader for abuse, that God is going to punish them when it's like you're actually doing the right thing by calling this person out and bringing attention to this and making sure that this person doesn't do this ever again to somebody. But like it's been twisted so much the Christianity, the word, the religion has been twisted so much that you believe that to call something like that out is is wrong and that's that's my mind is blown because that was one of the things in that whole thing that i that we mentioned at the beginning that blew my mind is that the person felt like if i said something god was going to get me i was wow i was, I was like saying, when, when they were like what <laughs> like they, they were they were saying like oh i didn't want to um report it to police because i don't want god to get mad at me for talking bad about the man of god and i was like the minute the minute the like, hands wait, were laid the man of god thing got compromised I was i'm like, sorry wait, wait, i was like what do you i don't understand what <laughs> which which is crazy because like the person is trying to expose but they're still caught up <laughs> in the nonsense of what's going on because like and they, it's still fear of i'm saying this but maybe i shouldn't be <laughs> yeah because God's gonna be mad at me for for saying this. No, because this is a this is a, a religious leader, and it, it that, 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 that 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 was insane. That type of like mindset though frightens me because it's like how many religious leaders are there out there? Not just Christians, but in all, in all religious groups, how many religious leaders are out there who are 
abusing the respect and the power they have and abusing people and getting away with it because they're teaching people this. If you speak against the religious leader, you're speaking against God. I'm like, that is that is a conundrum that I will just never, never that, comprehend. That whole thing was insane. Like when the person said that, I said, what? All of this was going on. The abuse is happening to you and other people in your household. And your first thought is, if I speak against the man of God, God is going to do something harmful to me. Like that is really, really, really perverted. Um, teaching of of Christianity and that that type of stuff just burns me to no end like this is wildness like just because you're a preacher or an elder or whatever it is it doesn't exempt you from from being a, a decent human being like you don't get to just treat people any old kind of way you want and do whatever you want under the covering of well, I'm 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 a man of God. I'm a woman of God. No, you're still a person living on this earth under the rule of God who's expected to live right. So I don't know how you can call yourself a man or a woman of God and be actively intentionally harming God's people and feeling like God has got you covered somehow because you're a preacher. Like I just don't understand. The whole thing is very convoluted and crazy and I just felt I felt crazy. So terrible for the person that that was their mindset. I was like, what's, what's happening? I was like, oh, my God. So it's like they must have come to a breaking point to where they just couldn't take it anymore. I had to say something. But it's like, how long did you hold that mindset? Um, and And how much sooner could this situation have possibly been stopped or addressed had that not been the mindset? Correct. But it's like. It's a thing. This is a thing that we don't talk about a lot in yeah. our churches. Like, and that whole situation kind of made me realize, like, how many people around me are dealing with this within the church? And I just don't know. And a lot of us have this harmful belief system that, you know, God is going to be mad at me if if I leave this person who's abusing me or God's going to be mad at me if I speak out against this person. And it's like, God doesn't want this for you. I, I I'm not God. But I, I dare I say he doesn't want this for you. He doesn't want you to be um, being treated poorly by another person. Like he doesn't he doesn't want that for you. And you don't you don't deserve that. So I and I, I, I do honestly feel like this is something that the church needs to talk about more because I feel like it's not discussed enough. Like, you know, we'll acknowledge domestic violence month. We might do a little program here or there. But like. We need to be talking about this on a larger scale than we do because it's, like, so prevalent. But, I mean, I guess to talk about it on a larger scale, it would require that the pastors of churches stop abusing people. But, you know, um, there it is. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But for real, it's, like, it's such a problem. And it's just, like, the mindsets that some people have been conditioned to have about it. It's just so harmful. And it makes it even that much more challenging to to address because the person being abused, they're also still being indoctrinated with this speak not against the anointed, touch not the anointed, whatever, whatever. And so they're like almost being being forced to be complicit in their own abuse cycle. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how do you unpack that? Like, especially if you're a person that has like grown up in church and that's like all you know, and this is just like the 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 dogma. I'm sorry, that you've been taught your whole life. 
like how do you how do you separate that from like the reality of this person is beating me to within an inch of my life on mm. a regular basis mm. and 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 make the the necessary uh adjustments to to exit that situation as much as you possibly can but it's like we have so many like jacked up thought processes about stuff and it just holds us in bondage cuz to me being in an abusive relationship is a is bondage. Yeah. And and feeling like God doesn't want you to break up to leave this person because you're breaking up a, a marriage or God doesn't want you to report this abuse to the police because you're bringing down a man of God. Girl, ma'am, sis, no. N- none of that is none of that is real. None mm-hmm. of that is real. Like how, like I just don't understand how you can praise a God who you think loves you and cares for you, but also think that God wants you to be in that situation. Like, I'm confused. Mm-hmm. This seems very confusing. So, yeah, I, 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 but this is definitely one of those things where I'm like, did we, we spend a lot of time talking about a lot of other things as a, as a faith community, but this is one of the things that we need to be talking about because it's so prevalent. Yeah. And, and people will twist the Bible and scripture to, to justify so many things, and yeah, and like, like they'll, they'll, they'll even use this myth to uh, husbands. They, right. they, they use a lot of things just right. to um, explain, show that how abuse is okay. Right, and I'm just like, no, 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 no. All of this is all of this is wrong. All of this is crazy and wrong. But it's like it's been taught for so long. It's like where do we where do we begin to unpack it? And I think it starts with stuff like this, like saying it out loud in places where it will be heard by other people. I hope that, no, this is this is not cool. This is not okay. This is not an acceptable, acceptable thing. And to me, I feel like God is more mad at at the man or woman of God who is perverting his word by trying to justify abuse than you sitting there and, and, and taking it because you believe that God will be mad. And don't take this as a as a victim blaming nobody's victim blaming that's that's not what i'm saying here but it's just like i'm just saying the 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 the, the things that some of the victims have been taught is so warped and twisted that it has messed up their their view of like what's really happening to them and how harmful it really is yeah mm-hmm. and it's not their fault it's literally just this is what this is what they've been taught this is what they believe, and they've never considered another perspective might make more sense and might be better. And there's nothing inherently wrong with that. That's just life. We've all been, we've all been raised certain ways, been raised to think thir- to think certain ways and to do certain things. And a lot of times, it's not until we're like at a crossroads in life that we actually stop and think. Wait maybe what I've been taught to do or think or say or whatever actually doesn't make any sense or isn't right or doesn't agree with what I fundamentally believe. And so, like, the person that we were talking about in the situation, I hope they get there um, and they realize that this is not a way to live that God is happy with. But at the same time, I'm not going to judge them because, like, I don't know their whole life. I don't know their whole story. I don't know the full dynamic of what's going on. But like, you know, I just I just hope that they will see that God wants more for them. 
Correct. Than this. Yeah. All right. We gotta, we gotta move on though. We gotta move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Okay. Yeah. So, um, uh, we would definitely love to hear your thoughts on this topic if you have any so definitely please email us all of no fair pcast at gmail.com comment on the youtube video um right under our instagram post when we post the um, episode for the week and stuff like that because i think this is an important topic and an important conversation that can definitely continue and you know there are far more brilliant minds than us that listen to this podcast so hopefully um folks can offer some insights and some perspectives that can kind of help move the conversation forward right um what's next on our agenda artist spotlight artist spotlight artist spotlight so uh last week we um spotlighted spotlighted a word i should know i have have degrees in english Mm -hmm. i should know these things but whatever we kiki wyatt huh kiki wyatt last week yes kiki wyatt was our spotlight last week um what did i want to say um yeah um, some of our listeners were unimpressed with um, the song that we played. I personally love that song. I think it's beautiful. Um, but like I said, uh, Kiki White can really sing, so go on the internets and look her up. She'd be singing. Um, the um, person I want to highlight this week, um, some of you, well, most of you, if you've been alive, um, know her from... Destiny's Child. Um, she. I, I have a funny story. Go ahead. No, no, I'll, I'll wait till after. I want to give her her segment, and then we'll talk yes, about it. Yes, yes. So, um, she is none other than Calendria Trene Roland, also known as Kelly Roland. Um, she has been my favorite member of Destiny's Child since the jump. Like I've always been like no shade to be, but Kelly has always been my favorite one. Um, in the various iterations of the group. She's the only one that lasted in the group in all those interventions, if you be honest. Uh, you know, whatever. Um, but Kelly um, is an Aquarius like me and a February Aquarius. So shout out to us. We're here. Aquarius season is coming, by the way. Ask about us. Um, she no, like that a, time. It's relax. <laughs> not it's really. It's, it's enough time. No, it's like Sag season right now, I think. And then it's going to be, or is this still Scorpius? I don't know. No, it is Satch season. It is Satch season. And then it's going to be Capricorn. And then us. So it's time. It's coming. Like Game of Thrones. Winter is coming. Aquarius season is coming. It's coming. Um, so Calendria Trené Roland, born on February 11th, 1981. Uh, singer, songwriter, just talent overall. Um, she was part of Destiny's Child. Well, is, I guess. Part of Destiny's Child. Um, she put out, she's put out some albums over the years. Um, she did Dilemma with Nelly. And if you were in early 2000s or that's back when Nelly was wearing the the Band-Aid under his eye. And Kelly had the short, like, spiky cut. Um, it was pretty lit. Um, she had another song um, uh, called Stole. It was a real it was a real sad song, but it was real nice, um, nonetheless. Um, and she's put out some music over the years. I, I love Kelly Rowland's voice. Like, if you ever watch a, a performance of Destiny's Child, um, I think the one when they were singing the national anthem at the All-Star Game, like, back in, like, 05 or 06... Calendria is my type of singer because when Calendria comes in, she comes in like a choir. Okay, she Beyonce was singing the alto part. Um, what's the girl name? Michelle was singing the tenor part, and Kelly came in with that soprano note and sounded like five people. I said, "Come on, Calendria!" 
she I want her to want to do music as much as I want her to do music. But like she's out here like she's doing the Fabletics. She's doing um, she just had a Christmas movie on a Hallmark or Lifetime. Um, she's been on what's that show? America's Got Talent. No, not as not America's Got Talent. X Factor. Um, she had a show on BET um, back in like 2017 where they were looking for a new girl group. So she's very active. She's just not like hardcore putting albums out. And I guess she feels like I've got I make money from the Destiny's Child royalties for the rest of my life. I don't have to do any of these other things, despite what people like me, i.e. her fans, want her to do. Um, so she's put out a few albums. Um, probably the song that most people know her for post-Destiny's Child besides Dilemma is Motivation um, that she did with um, Lil Wayne. I think that was back in like that was a long time ago. Um, I want to say maybe uh, Lord. Was it that long? Was it super long ago? It might have been like 2011 um, when she did Motivation. Because I remember she came out and performed at the BET Awards and it was like the performance of the night. It was like, see, this is why Kelly was part of Destiny's Child. Because Kelly can dance and sing. And she don't be sounding out of breath like Chris Brown. Um, I'm going to forever shade Christopher till the day I die. Um, But I just think Kelly Rowland is just amazing. Like, I just... I don't know if she thinks she's as amazing as she is, but, like, every time I hear her sing, I'm like, that chick has the vocals. Like, her voice is just, it's beautiful. It's, like, it's like crystal clear. Like, there's no scratchiness, no, like, rumble. It's, like, just crystal clear. Like, every time I hear her sing, I think of, like, really clean glass. Like, it's just, like, clear. You can see right through it. You can hear it. It's like, yes, this is a vibe. Um, what was that song? She had a little song with Eve, like... Back in back in like 2013, I want to say, I told y'all I was going to bump like this. Y'all did. Like, she just makes really cute little songs. And I just think she is just gorgeous. She has a sweet personality. Her little son is super cute. Um, So, yeah, get into Kelly Rowland. Like, she is really a very underrated singer, in my opinion. But, like, if you see videos of, like, her back in the day, like, with Destiny Childs and them singing live, like, her voice is amazing. Like, I know people focus on Beyonce because she's the star of the show or whatever. But, like, Kelly is really, really very, very talented in her own right. I just I just want her to put more music out. Because she'd be taking, like, a million years between albums. I'm like, are you going to put music out? Like, she'll drop a little song here or there, like, oh, I've got a single. I've got a single. Kelly, where is the body of work? Where is the album, ma'am? We don't have time. Stop playing with us. So, um... I want her to put an album out. But, like, her, I just love her. Like, everything about her. She's amazing. Um, she sings down. Get into her. Just get on the YouTubes. YouTube has things um, where you can find um, where she's singing. But, like, her voice is, like, amazing. Like, what is it? Emotions. Um, a lot of them high notes at the end, that's Kelly. You might have thought it was B, but it was Kelly. It's Kelly. She's singing. No shade. Um, but, yeah. Kelly Rowland. Artist Spotlight of the Week. Get into it. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. Artist Spotlight. Wow, all of these, all of these songs. Okay. OMG. All right. Um, wow. We was laughing because um, one of my students came, and I was talking about Rihanna to my student, and um, and I was like, yeah, she's popular. She has she has a navy, and she um she has the hive and everything, right? And she was saying like, yeah, but I think Kelly Rowland is better, um, because and I was like, but they have um, I was like, but they have, they're kind of different. Mm-hmm. In terms of, I've like, never heard a Rihanna Kelly Rowland comparison in my life. So tell me correct, more. Correct. Like I'm like Rihanna. Like what the hell she got to do with this conversation? <laughs> huh? She was like, I was like, yeah, but like Kelly Rowland is different. Like 
People, I, I was saying, like people like Rihanna because she's down to earth. Mm-hmm. It, even if she might not think she might not be really regardless, she is not. Mm-hmm. She appears that way. She appears mm-hmm. like she's very regular. Mm-hmm. She doesn't care about the spotlight. She mm-hmm. doesn't care about anything. She just does what she wants, mm-hmm. and that's why people like her. Mm-hmm. So people like that about her more than anything else, right? Regardless of what you think about her talent, but that's why that's why right. people like her. That's right. why that's why there is the Navy is because of that reason. Right. Because they like that. Right. And like I think we got into Tiana Taylor, and I was I almost had her as the artist spotlight of the week. I might do it next week because yeah. I think that girl is crazy talented. Yeah. And we talked about Tiana Taylor, and I was like, she was like, yeah, but Tiana, I was like, Tiana Taylor could be in that lane. She could R- be in Rihanna because like she could be like the next in that in that lane. Mm-hmm. I was like, but Rihanna's been out been like popular for longer yeah like Rihanna, Rihanna's not getting off the throne so yeah she's been popular for rusty girls are just gonna have to fight for second but, place but um but Tiana Taylor she 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 she's getting up there because she, she she does acting she does a lot of things yeah like so. Tiana Taylor is an incredibly act uh gifted um actor singer producer um video director like she is yeah. she's very very talented. so she, she she can she can get in that lane she and she's like in that same lane mm-hmm. of like people feel like they can relate to her yeah yeah. So like I I I I would respect Tiana Taylor's relation to Rihanna more than Kelly Rowland. Like Rihanna and Kelly are not in the same league. Correct. Like it's not, it's not the same thing at yeah, all. Yeah, I'm a card carrying member of the Navy. I've said that before. Um, however, if we're talking vocals, I'm not going to sit here and act like Kelly Rowland is not the better singer and performer of the two of them. Yeah, I'm, it, I'm not going to do that. It's it, but they're, they're also different. I'd be a whole lie if I sat up here and said Rihanna was a better vocalist or performer than Kelly. However, they're not. To me, they're not in the same realm and, and and that's what i was trying to say like like it, it's like when people try to put rihanna and beyonce i was like they really have the same audiences no like their audiences like, are not like the you, same. you have people who like both yes but no one really likes them both the same yeah like because they they have two different kinds of audiences right it, they, they're gonna have different people right. because i i think i made the comparison um people like um, rihanna because they feel like they can see them and see themselves in rihanna mm-hmm. and not carry yeah People like Beyonce because they can't. They can't be her. They they feel like they can't see themselves in her, mm-hmm. and they feel like Beyonce is um, the, the the mystique of Beyonce is what they like about Beyonce. Right. Yeah, they like the mystique of um, someone that they feel like they can't touch. Right. And which is the exact opposite of Rihanna. Yes. So their audiences are going to be different. Like, because I feel like Rihanna is not very touchable, but she feels she very, fe- tu- yeah, very she, touchable. Yeah, she, she seems like I'm. I can talk. to I'm her. a normal person. I'm, yeah. Yes. So those two are totally different in right. terms of right. how people, why people like them. So it's very r- rare that you have someone who who's part of both the Beehive and the Navy at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's very very rare you see somebody. Yeah. Tell 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 your person not to say that ever again. <laughs> okay. Because when you said I was rare. like, er. Yeah, it's very. I have rare. never heard anybody make that type of comparison ever. Like, no, there, yeah, there, Kelly, Kelly there is Rowling. no comparison between Kelly Rowland and, and and Rihanna. Yeah, it's it's a it's a totally different um audience. Yeah, I'm like that's that's like you trying to compare like most deaf in 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 Jay Z. What's the comparison? Correct. Their, their audiences are different. Right. Like, what's the comparison? What is there to talk about? Correct. Nothing. The, the audiences are totally different. Both wonderful rappers from Brooklyn, and that's about where the commonality stops. <laughs> like, I don't. <laughs> What are we talking about? Yeah, their, their, their audiences are totally different. Right. They don't have the There's same, no crossover here. Like, person who's a full, most deaf, um, uh, I guess, high <laughs> member mm-hmm. is not going to be the same thing. Person who's, like, full force Jay-Z. No, not at all. It's not, it's not going to be the same. Like, the commonality is that they're black and from Brooklyn and men. Like, that's yeah. that's where it stops. Like, you can like them both, but you're not going to really like them the same both. Like, right. You, you, they have different audiences. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, 
my Rihanna, like even with me, like my Rihanna like slash love. Well, I mean love because I am in the Navy. Um, my love is based on A, she's from Barbados, like me. B, I like the music she puts out. The girl makes the girl knows how to make a hit or find someone who can write her one. And she her her persona and the way she presents herself, um, I like it. But then I also like Kelly Rowland because I it 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 brings me back to the high school teeny bopper days of, you know, when they were doing, you know, Bills, 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 the independent women and so like to me it's like Kelly's almost someone I've grown up with in a way. So like my my like of her is different than 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 what it is with Rihanna. Because Rihanna came out I think when I was in like college maybe. Like she probably got popular then, yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, Kelly was more of my like teenage years thing, while Rihanna is sort of like a contemporary to me in some ways. Okay. I think she's younger than me actually. So it's like my my reasons for liking them and my experiences with them are completely different. Like they're both beautiful black women, but like that's about where the commonality stops. Um, yeah. So yeah. Shouts to Kelly Rowland and Rihanna and Tiana Taylor and all. Word, word, word. The bad bees out there. Um, <laughs> I'm trying not to cuss because you know we got video now. Um, you can't edit that out. Because um, there've been a few times I've cussed on here, and Mark has been like, <sighs> <laughs> "It's it's hard to edit out, especially with the, now with the video. I have to edit both out. Have, yeah, I'm like, don't, I'm, don't, don't make me do that. I'm trying to do that. I know, I know, I know. I'm trying, I'm trying. Sometimes it just comes out. I'm trying to work on doing better. Um, so, um, in terms of what else we want to talk about here at this pod today, so uh, this one you put down on the on the list. So I don't know if you want to intro it. Which one? The Jim Carrey. Yes, yes. So, Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey has actually also known as Ace Ventura. I was just watching those movies recently. That's oh, okay. why. That's why they were just they were all on TV like a couple of weeks ago when I sat and watched them all again. Um, I was like a very big Jim Carrey fan um, growing up. Very big. Uh, I used to watch. I've watched um, Ace Ventura when Nature Called, the second one, mm-hmm. about 85 times. Like, me and my cousins used to quote the entire movie mm-hmm. from start to finish, <laughs> watching that movie as a teenager. Was it a teenager? Or maybe teenager. like preteens? Yeah. We have been, we have quoted that movie from start to finish <laughs> mm-hmm. and everything. Um, we watch, I, I used to watch all, a lot of um, Jim Carrey movies and everything. Mm-hmm. He doesn't put out as much as he used to mm-hmm. and everything. But, um, yeah, he, he really hasn't. When's the last time Jim Carrey was in a movie or did a movie? Like, he, he does them very sporadically now. Yeah. He's, 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 he's not in the spotlight as much as he was mm-hmm. before. But, like, he used to be, it, it, for at one point, it was like when he was in a movie, I'm, I'm going to see it because it's going to be funny and mm-hmm. everything. Um, I like Liar Liar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Mask. Mask. I'll watch that Mask movie was a big over one. and over again. Um, I even like the one. The, I like the movie when he was. I like his serious movies too. Oh, he's in Sonic the Hedgehog coming up. Yeah, but I, I, I like I like the serious movies and the movie when he was um trapped in that TV show. Oh Lord, what was that one called? Heart the Truman Show. The Truman, Truman Show. Show. That yeah. like that like that was good. like so I like his serious movies. Um, Sunshine Stories of a Spotless Mind. Sunshine Stories. Is it Sunshine Stories? Eternal Sunshine. Of the Eternal Sunshine mind. of a Spotless. Yeah, I was like, I was what is like, it called? What is that? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Eternal Sunshine. But did the people. Okay. Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind. Mm-hmm. Um, his serious movie, so he's been good. Mm-hmm. This is all to say. Um, he uh, made a status. Do you have the status? 
Hold on, let me um, find it. But so he put a status up. I think it was on Twitter, mm-hmm. where he said, um, he appreciate. He said, "Brilliant black minds has put me put him on in living color because that's where he started, mm-hmm. and that's what kind of spiraled his career mm-hmm. and everything. So in living color, kind of." Jumpstart his career, and when I saw that I was like, "Oh, that's that's good." Pay homage. Yeah, pay homage. He, he understood that like he wasn't that popular until Living Color, and Living Color mm-hmm. got him into Ace Ventura, and Ace Ventura kind of mm-hmm. started his big career. Mm-hmm. People saw him Ace Ventura, and then put him in a bunch of movies from that. Yeah, like like I think after Ace Ventura, like Cable Guy, which wasn't that popular, mm-hmm. but it was kind of like the same character. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what he said actually was, "Brilliant black minds gave me a shot in Hollywood, where none of the white guys thought I could connect or be a leading man. I got my first starring role, Ace Ventura, because of In Living Color. Forever grateful." And it's a picture of him with um, the guys from In Living Color. Um, yeah. it looks like they're on some stage accepting or, an award or, or doing something. The Wayans and everything. Like yeah, that. the Wayans. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, like um. It's um, it's great to that he paid homage mm-hmm. <laughs> to um the living color people. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm glad they, they really made a lot of people's careers. Yeah, they, they did. They did. To be fair, Jennifer Lopez, mm-hmm. <laughs> Jamie Foxx, Jamie Foxx. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it was, it was a lot of people that um became popular through in living color. Rosie Perez. Yeah, a lot of people who got popular from being on that yeah. show. Um, but yeah, like it's it's um it's it's good. It's um interesting. I'm I'm glad that he did that. I'm not. I'm not. I don't think I'm shocked. No, me either. I think. I think he he would do something like that. Yeah. Um, but like I'm. I'm appreciative and it. But but it helped let people other people know because a lot of people probably a lot of people probably didn't know that mm-hmm. that he that he broke ground mm-hmm. in living color. Mm-hmm. Um, not um on Ace Ventura. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ace Ventura is probably when you saw him first, but he only got that through in living color. Yeah. The facts. Yeah. So I'm. I'm happy about that. Yes, um, indeed. We can move on though. Yes. Um, so, um, <sighs> <laughs> for those who watch The Blacklist, I'm going to preface this by saying that I really need Raymond Reddington and Dembe to come through and Dr. Kaplan to come through in this moment in prefacing what I'm about to say. George Zimmerman murderer of Trayvon Martin, rest in peace, has decided to take it upon himself to crustily file a lawsuit against Trayvon Martin and a host, Trayvon Martin's parents and a host of other people for $100 million. I don't know why he thinks Miss Sabrina Fulton and them have $100 million to give him or that anybody will tell them to give him $100 million. But apparently he is bored. Um, he has nothing to do. He is, bo- he is just unbooked and unbusy. And so has decided to file suit for $100 million. You have to understand something. And I, I was telling him, he has a certain level of confidence that I would never have. Like, it's very it's very disconcerting because, to because, me. Because he has a certain level of confidence. Because, number one, remember, after the whole thing happened, they gave him, like, people raised a bunch of money for him and mm-hmm. gave him money for everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think they gave him, like, a couple million dollars already then. Mm-hmm. So he, he felt a certain level of confidence. Mm-hmm. He got over in the whole trial. Mm-hmm. Um. I think like after that whole thing, he got arrested a few times for like abusing his his girlfriend, girlfriend or wife or whoever and stuff like that, and he's still free. Yeah. <laughs> so and like he's been talking crazy to people all the time, and like 
he has a certain level. He of auctioned hate. off the gun that he shot Trayvon Martin with. Why did he still have that? First of all, like didn't that so, go into somebody's evidence somewhere? Like so why did like, he have that? He feels unstoppable, so he's just going to keep pushing trying that, it. keep trying it over and over and over again. <laughs> when I read, when I saw that story, I'm like, please let this be the Onion, because this man cannot be serious. <laughs> he cannot have serious, sir. Like he he feels unstoppable because he's like nothing. Not, I'm unstoppable. Nothing, nothing will can happen, happen to me. me. <laughs> I'm. I've and, had, I've and had honestly, enough. I can't get mad that he feels that way because nothing has happened to him. I mean, you're right. You're right. <laughs> I am irritated with the fact that he killed that woman's son and now feels that he can come and and, and even in any like way, shape, or form think he can petition that woman for money for what? What does she owe you money for, sir? For damaging his name. Yo. <laughs> Serena, Sabrina, I know that you're trying to run for, like, public office down there in Florida, but, like, it's Florida, sis. You got to know somebody <laughs> that will catch a body on your behalf because this dude is wilding. We, we, we will not promote. We do not promote violence here at the All Love No Fear podcast. <laughs> FBI do not come for us. No, do not come for We are not advocating. <laughs> we are not advocating anything of the sort. We However, are not advocating. However, violence. however, I do need someone to take Mr. Zimmerman in for, for a round of questioning because I'm trying to figure out where his head is at. <laughs> that he thinks that he could press this woman whose son he killed for some money. Where they do that at, sir? Where? Where? How? 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 That's what I want to know. Where's Raymond Reddington? Where? <laughs> where? That's fine. We've been, we've been watching The Blacklist, which is why I keep bringing it up because... Raymond Reddington is a very fictional character, but I need the real version of him that exists out there to kind of interject. We're only in season three. But. Yeah, but it's a very good show. If you don't watch it and you're looking for something to watch, watch The Blacklist. But real talk, like, George Zimmerman is wildin', 100%. He's, he's line-stepping. In the words of the late, great Charlie Murphy, he's a habitual line-stepper. That's, that's what he is. He's a habitual line-stepper. And I just want to know when he's going to be stopped from stepping over the lines. <laughs> that's, that's what I want to know. Because he just keeps doing it. He just keeps tap dancing over the lines over and over. And I just, I have questions. I have, I want to know, like, what's up? Because yeah. he, he can't be serious. This, he's got to be joking. He, he is, in fact, serious. I hope no one will take, I hope that if this ever gets before a judge, they're like, sir, stop playing with us. Get out of our face. Good day. We, we can hope. But like I said, he is also. Also, been, it's been, Florida. He has also been unstoppable in all these years. Yeah, and it's Florida. And we know them ninjas ain't acted right in a long time. Yeah. They can't be trusted. Um, you know, all shade to Florida, by the way, all shade. Um, yeah, so trash. Moving on. So Mark is in a conundrum this week. Two right. of Mark's favorite people in the whole wide world are fighting. <laughs> <laughs> With glee, I announced this. Um, so uh, as those of you who listen to this podcast know, or you know Mark in real life, Mark is a rap slash hip-hop and poetry aficionado and um there are two people in those worlds that he stands and is part of the hive of I have, um... I, i'm i'm introducing the story here you hold on um so mark is a stan he's part of the hive for um rapper sean jay-z carter and he's also simultaneously a member of the hive for poet musician Saul Williams um, and it appears that the hives are in conflict 
So take it away. First thing, let's. This is what came to my mind when I first heard it. Let's not fight. Let's not fight. Let's not fight. So let's not fight. So that's what came to my mind. First of all. If you're a parent of a toddler, you know exactly what that is. If you don't, that is a song from a Netflix children's show called Word Party. Um, Avery loves that show. That's her current fave. And, you know, it's a show that teaches um, children about how to interact and play with one another. And it teaches them a lot of other, like, life skills things. Um, But they have a little song when they get into disagreements to help them resolve it. And that was the song that Mark just played for you. I did not expect that that's what you were going to play. I was like, is that Let's Not Play? Is that? Yes. That is that is the song I thought about when I heard the conflict. That's how you know that you're a parent of a toddler. Because you'd be singing all the toddler um toddler uh jingles for the for the shows you'd be like i gotta pull my life together but yes let's not fight let the children lead them let's not fight mm-hmm. so this is what i assume from what's in there so um saul williams did an interview i don't remember when it was but he was like talking about um i guess jay-z and how he was operating i think with the nfl deal and like a few things like it's about his um financial um terms of financial mm-hmm. um Moving on, like his focus on finances and building the black community through finances, mm-hmm. um, black prosperity. I think we had a we had a, t- a topic about that before. Yeah. And then um, he saw we were talking about that and like how um, you're using these the tools that we're using is um, not correct. Mm-hmm. Basically, what a lot of people had issue with Jay Z in the first place. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing you're saying. Right. And then um, I guess Jay Z, I guess found an interview, mm-hmm. and I guess he emailed Saul Williams. Mm-hmm. And he said, um, our fight for economic freedom is new. It's not the same war that Harriet Tubman was fighting. Mm -hmm. If I used the same weapons as them, I would be shooting a musket at people with fully automatic assault rifles. Although I think it's a must, we must challenge each other. We should be careful that it doesn't come off as judgment. In which um, Saul Williams replied, I wouldn't characterize our fight for economic freedom as new. Mm-hmm. There has been wealthy black Americans in every generation since the 1600s and in Africa since forever. During segregation, accumulated black wealth and black-owned businesses were at a peak. Black newspapers, magazines, schools, record labels, yet psychological freedom from hard-taught capitalism is hard to earn. African billionaires, for example, have brought little relief to the continent of Africa. The seduction of power and the systemic constraints of white supremacy will take more than money to burn. The root of the market economy is still almost entirely based on the sourcing of rare minerals, where the exploitation of African miners and land is the analog reality of of the our modern age technological advances. Thus we pushed for essentially socialist measures which provide health care and education to all. Money can be disappeared, but the lessons you learn along the way are yours to keep. Whether we learn from the streets, schools, and prisons, or by playing the game, it is that hard-earned knowledge that allows us to understand how to spend what we earn in ways that can truly make a difference. And he goes on and on. Mm-hmm. And what I will say is, in this debate, Sir Williams has been doing this for a long time. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> fight, fighting this fight for a long time. And what what he's basically saying is the whole, when it comes to black prosperity, we keep talking about in terms of money. Now it's more important. Money is fleeting, basically, mm-hmm. <laughs> all mm-hmm. the things. And, mm-hmm. like, because you, you have um, on Jay-Z's side, he's like, we need to get more black people and money and power. Mm-hmm. That is his mindset. Like mm-hmm. when, it, when, that, when we do that and then we can become prosperous, so Williams is saying all that is cool, but that's not important because he used examples of the black millionaires in Africa mm-hmm. and how that didn't really make it better mm-hmm. <laughs> and like how we've had they're profiting from a lot of that same exploitation correct and like how we've had um, people with money throughout the years and that mm-hmm. wasn't the problem the problem is having knowledge mm-hmm. and like people um, and the social aspect of it and like getting free health care like it's, it's a lot more than just getting people to have money mm-hmm. and power mm-hmm. and everything mm-hmm. and my mindset um I think I I'm definitely leaning more towards Saul Williams mm-hmm. into the mindset, but I the reality is I think I think I've said it before I think all stances are important mm-hmm. in reality mm-hmm. I think all stances are are always going to be important for um, prosperity I don't think that um, Jay Z is 100 percent wrong mm-hmm. but neither. Do I think that Sue Williams is 100 percent right? Mm-hmm. I think all aspects. I mm-hmm. think both the Oprah, the Jay Z, the Sue Williams. <laughs> I think they're all important. The Ta-Nehisi Coates. I think they're all important mm-hmm. um, for their lane mm-hmm. and everything. Right. And um, I think both both perspectives are needed in the the ultimate um, unification of black people being prosperous. Correct. Because I think we do need those people on the side on the side of Jay Z who are like um business minded, who are who are who are um concerned with um maintaining our economic prosperity. But I also think that there is space for the ta- at the table and there needs to be space at the table for those people like Saul Williams who are just like yeah, the money's cool, but like how can those resources be distributed from that money to make sure that everybody's taken care of? Because there's no point in setting up a a black community that's like, you know, set apart and operating on its own if it's just structured like how mainstream society is structured where it's the Jay-Zs, the Oprahs, the these people at the time and everybody else is fighting for the scraps. Correct, correct. There's no point. Correct. We don't have to have a black version of that because we're living yeah. Life that way now. We don't, we don't, it's, so it's I feel like, yeah. So I feel like what Saul Williams is saying is also true, and like the people with that perspective also need to have a voice in the conversation about Black prosperity because Black prosperity is not just about money. Like, yes, it's great that you know we have money and there are people in our community who have money, but like our prosperity is linked to more than just finances. Like, if our people are dying early because we don't have access to good food or we don't have access to health care to treat the ailments that we have. Um, we don't have access to um, education that is really um, edifying us and, and teaching us about ourselves and teaching us about um, how to navigate the world. If we don't have access to, you know, just just the ability to 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 pursue the things we want to pursue and live the lives we want to live without this overarching like 
white supremacy structure holding us back, then we're basically just creating the same uh, situation in a smaller in a smaller vacuum. The reality is not everybody wants to be a millionaire. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, that's, that's real. And there's nothing wrong with that. Correct. There's nothing wrong with not, that. Not prosperity everybody. is defined differently for everybody. Correct. And for some people, maybe prosperity is just okay. I have access. I don't live in a food desert. I have access to quality food. Some people's prosperity is I have access to quality health care that I don't have to pay like a thousand dollar a month premium on. Correct. Like, and I'll handle everything else myself. Yeah, it means different things to different people. So I think all of those voices need to be at the table to Correct. kind of create this this like environment and community that we want. Yeah, because what he's basically saying is just because we have a bunch of black people who have a lot of money, that doesn't mean that everything's going to be okay. Right, like there's still black people who don't have that money. And Correct. like what is what is happening for them? Yeah, Te- just teaching people how to... And that I think that's my um, issue a lot of times when... Um, Talking to certain people, it's like um, they're constantly talking about, um, especially to younger people, like, all right, you can do this, but what makes more money? Right. And I don't know if that's a great right mindset either. Mm-hmm. Um, like, a lot of people are against college because they're like, yeah, but you, why, why would you go to college? You can make more money doing this. I'm like, well, what if you don't want to do that? Right. <laughs> like, I, I work, I've worked in higher ed now for what year is this? 2019? gonna be what eight no it it has been eight years eight years just passed in last month like i've been working in higher ed for eight years and i can say without a shadow of a doubt a grand number of these children that are in college don't need to be correct but there are people who do like for, for instance a big thing what i'm saying is like like teachers mm-hmm. you need a degree to be a teacher yes um, i'm actually talking on the opposite side because like a lot some people like there's like a big movement like why sending people to college? But what if they want to be a teacher, a doctor, or a lawyer? Mm-hmm. You need degrees for those. You need things. to go to yeah. You cannot you cannot just show up and you be like you know what this is what I want to do. You actually need to go through formal educational training for those. Yeah, things. So, and those things are so important. Yes, and yes. those things are very important. Right, and I'm like I don't have a problem with somebody saying you know what I don't want to go to the college route. I want to go to, like I I've had students who like left college because they um, got an apprenticeship being an electrician, which, which, which is fine, or a plumber. Like go do that. There's there's bags to be secured out there. Yeah. I'm not looking down on you for doing that. I think part of, uh, you know, just, you know, our issue, too, is elitism sometimes. But, you know, because we feel like, oh, well, you have to go to college. If you're not going to college and yeah. doing, like, a white-collar career, then what are you doing? Like, like, like I said, I, I, I'm, I'm talking about actually both sides. Because, like, mm-hmm. on one side, people are like that. On the mm-hmm. other side, people are like, oh, people, everybody goes to college is foolish. Yeah. I've heard that, too. Like, I actually, um, shout out to Kevin on stage, but he mm-hmm. was talking about that. Mm-hmm. Because I, I guess he he believes that college is foolish. Mm-hmm. He was like, no, but if you don't go, yeah, college, like yeah, but that's if your goal is to make money. Right to do that, what he does right now, he didn't need to go to college. Correct. If Not you want all. to do that, mm-hmm. but if you don't want to do that, right? Like if there's something, if there's something, because yeah, I feel like some people, like everybody has to like. What if you don't want to go to your own business? Right, and that's the thing. That's the thing that I think a lot of like in in tying into this like prosperity conversation with black people. A lot of people, a lot of. Black people feel that everybody should be entrepreneurially minded. And I always wonder, if everybody's entrepreneurially minded, who's running the damn business? Who's, who's working for you? Who's working for you? Because you can't do everything that your business is set up to do by yourself. So who are you hiring to do it? If everybody's an entrepreneur, who's the worker? Who? So uh, Because if you don't have workers, you're just working until you die. Right. Because I'm like, human resources wise, everybody being an entrepreneur don't make sense. <laughs> but um, whatever. It's not helpful. Y'all go off. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, um, 
But yeah, I, I think that um, like I said, speaking on both sides, I think mm-hmm. both sides are feeling like the other side is stupid. Right, and it's <laughs> like no, it's there's there's room at the table for all these perspectives. Correct. This way works for you. This way works for you. And nobody's yeah. wrong for their way. It's just their way that works for them. And that's it. Work. That's it. Mm-hmm. All right. Ready to move on? Yes. Moving on. Um, the other thing that popped up in the news uh, today that, you know, is more fighting, more outrage sparking. Um, outrage. Outrage. Arr! That's how outrage sounds. Um, <laughs> especially when it's, like, foolishly directed. Um, so, Michael Vick... Um, is a retired uh, NFL quarterback. Um, we've all heard of him in some capacity. Um, you know, if you've not been living under a rock for like the last 10 to 15 years, you know who Michael Vick is. So a couple years ago, not a couple, like, I don't know what year it was. Let's, let's say anywhere between 7 and 10 years ago, Michael Vick um, got caught up um, and on a dog fighting ring situation, animal cruelty charge, and went to jail for a little while. And um, people have never, well, some people have never forgiven him for it. Um, I just want to publicly say that the energy that y'all keep for animal cruelty, I need y'all to keep that for actual humans dying. But whatever. Um, So Michael Vick has been um, selected to be an honorary Pro Bowl captain for the upcoming um, Pro Bowl. And the people are up in arms because Michael Vick has been selected because he was involved in some dog fighting like 10 years ago. And I think more, it was more than, than 10 years ago. Seriously, it's been, it's been such a long time. Almost 300,000 people have signed a petition to remove him as an honorary Pro Bowl captain. And I'm just like, when are you people going to let it go? They were not. Like, he didn't kill a human, okay? It, I love dogs. I love animals as much as the rest of people. But my God, can we let it go? Y'all let Ray Lewis murder adjacent behind, play in the NFL, celebrated him, still to this day. But this man did some dog fighting and we can't let that go. We've got all these dudes in the NFL that abuse their wives, use drugs, do all types of reprehensible things. But this one thing that happened years and years ago and you haven't even seen Michael Vick near a dog since and you can't move on. You can't let that go. For an honorary pro, like the Pro Bowl isn't even something that matters in the grand scheme of things. So I just don't even understand what the outrage is about. Like, I was genuinely confused when I heard that there was outrage. I'm like, this man is almost 40 years old. Like, are we going to move on? <laughs> like, look, like this. when did this thing happen? Let me look it up. Because it, it, it was a long time ago. Oh, my God. Hold on. When was this? 2000 and uh, hold on. Let me see. 2007 like come on people like I need y'all to stop it it's been over 12 it's been 12 years since the situation happened like let's move on well we, we have to see right now like seriously like it's not that serious now like of course you have people aggressive on both sides right like I get, <laughs> like, like I said I understand like, the animal rights activists like they're very upset about what he yeah, did to I those get animals it. I he, get he it should've, he he I think he went to jail for it yeah he went to went to a whole jail and that's fine and then and then but he's fine now. He was in jail for two years. Yes. And then he's fine. Right. He, he hasn't done it again. Right. <laughs> chilling. But, like, y'all just won't let it go. Like, let it go. <laughs> y'all just won't let it like, go. Like, 300,000 people in this country are still that mad? 12 years? Like, he, he was a good football, football player. He he could do this. Right, like, just, <laughs> he, was, he was a good football player. Like, just relax, people. 
Lord have mercy. <sighs> Good times. Good like, times. I just don't Good understand. Times. Like, let it go. The man done <laughs> moved on, done got married. He He's living his best life. Like, why y'all still bringing this up? You'll have to let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Like, stop. Stop. He killed dogs. Like, please, please believe NFL fans. This is not something that's shaming the NFL and by the, him having, by having the, him participate in the this is only because y'all didn't research everybody else for the crazy stuff they've done. Right. Like, you just heard sure. Michael Vick and was like, ah! Because I'm pretty sure the other captains that have been there, they've all been crazy things. They've abused their wives. <laughs> like, <laughs> they've have done crazy things. God only knows, but y'all want to sit up here. Leave, leave Michael Vick alone, okay? <laughs> Jesus of Nazareth. Y'all do too much sometimes. Get on my daggone nerves. Y'all obsess you with animals. It's a little unhealthy. Like, animal, like, I don't care what any of y'all try to tell me. Animals are not on the same level as humans. They're not, okay? I love animals, except snakes. I don't fool with them. Um, <laughs> just want to be clear. Um, I love animals, but they're, they're not on the same level as me as a human, so I don't understand the level of, of, of venom y'all have for people who harm animals, but like don't keep that energy for people who harm other people. Like It's confusing. Mm-hmm. Y'all mad at Michael Vick, but still letting men beat their wives. But I guess, go off, sis. Um, yeah, moving on. Moving on to happier thing. We're not. I don't know if this is happier, but moving on. Um, so um, GQ magazine um, did a, a sort of follow up piece earlier this week, or I guess yeah, earlier this week. I guess by the time you hear this last week, um, to talk about Nipsey Hussle. Um, it was called The Light of Los Angeles. Um, that's the name of it. If you want to go look it up on. Um, GQ's website you can and I read it earlier this week and I just wanted to talk about it really quick because um, basically it was an interview where they kind of talked to his brother Sam his father to um, some of his friends and business partners um, people he could be and his sister people he collaborated with with music um, and they talked to Lauren London and basically they all said that you know he was a very principled guy um you know, he was offered like record deals and he turned them down because they wanted to kind of exploit him. He was like, no, I'm going to do this my way. Like he was very particular about, you know, the way he wanted to do things. And, you know, everybody said that he was, you know, really committed to doing his music. He was very serious about it. Um, he really like had a lot of books and was really into like reading and gaining knowledge and stuff like that. And it was just really, really positive, um, a positive article to read. I think the thing that stuck out to me um, about it was um, Lauren London when they spoke to her about um, his passing. Um, It's been about, what, six months now? And basically, you know, it was really cute to kind of hear their story from her perspective, you know, about how they met, like, a mutual friend. They met through a mutual friend, and, um, you know, their relationship was just very easy. Like, it just sounds like they just, you know, really had a really good, tight bond And, you know, she said when they asked her um, how does she feel about all of the the um, the love that she's receiving from people um, as a result of his passing, she's like, you know, I can't um, I can't articulate how I feel about what has happened and uh, I can't talk about a lot of 
you know, what happened in our last moments together because it's just too overwhelming. And I just felt, you know, what she said was, I can't talk about our last day together. And I still have to be strong for my children. I have a three-year-old that's still asking, where is daddy? He doesn't understand the concept of death. And that just made me, like, almost tear up reading that because I'm just like, dang, dang. Like, to us, it's like, yeah, this happened, and it seems like a lot of time has passed, but, like, it really isn't hasn't been a lot of time at all. And, you know, the fact that she's... I'm just thinking about the fact that she's dealing with her own pain, but she kind of has to almost push that to the side because his child is asking her, where is he? Because mm-hmm. he's three, and he doesn't understand that he's not coming back. Like, I just can't imagine, like, how that must feel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's 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 just sad. And, you know... Based on everything that everybody said in the article, it really sounds like, you know, he was really trying to do good things in life, despite some of the bad decisions that he had made. Because his father was like, mm. I saw him getting involved in that gang stuff. And I was like, bro, what are you doing? And it's like, but it seems like he really made a positive impact on the world. And, you know, that his death impacted so many people so negatively. Like, it's like people are, like, pe- this stuff, the article itself wasn't negative, but, like, it's, like, almost reading it, like, I could feel the sadness of the people um, talking in the article, especially, like, his family members, even though, like, what they were saying was positive. There's something about it that still felt sad to me, and so, you know, I just... But I thought it was a really, really um, dope um article um, like reading and hearing about him from the perspectives of all these different people so um, if you have a chance you should definitely check it out for sure what um and uh the last thing we wanted to talk about here at um the all love, the all love no, no fear, fear podcast, podcast um before we get out of here um so some of you um may have heard of pastor john gray he used to have a show on own um, funny story sidebar. Mark and I saw him for the first time like a million years ago when we took the kids from our church to some church in Queens. I don't even know where we were. Some corner of Queens that I don't go to. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it was like Glendale or Middle Village, mm-hmm. or one of them places I don't go to in Queens. And he was like the comedy. He was like uh, the comedian for the evening, mm-hmm. I think. And I actually was like, wow, this guy is really funny. And I think this was like before he had gotten married. And yeah, before it, was, he, it was a way before. It was that. a long time ago because if we were taking the kids somewhere, them kids is like twenty something now. Yeah. So it was a long time ago, but we went and saw him, and we thought he was really really funny. And then you know, over the years, he got married. He he's been you know affiliated with T.D. Jake's church. He's grown very popular. He's grown to be very popular um, because his sermons are very much, you know, it's straight talk with a little bit of, like, comedy mixed in. So it's it's very palatable for um, people um, who are kind of looking for not an entertainment factor, but, like, to be engaged in a different way um, when it comes to sermons than what some of us may have traditionally grown up with. So anyway, he had a show on OWN, a couple... I guess up until earlier this year, maybe um, book of book of gray, I think it was called or something like that, where like it chronicled his life with his family and him helping people um, with um, various issues that they had come to him with. And it also chronicled the last season of the show, him moving to South Carolina to take over this church called um, Relentless from this yeah, book of John Gray. Um, and it, the show chronicled him moving to South Carolina to take over this church called Relentless from um, this pastor, Carpenter, Reverend, I think John Carpenter, Ron Carpenter. Um, 
he was a part of T.D. Jakes's church or affiliated with it in some way. Then he was also affiliated with Joel Osteen's church, uh, Lakewood, at some point before he started um, moving over to um, this church in South Carolina. Um, you may also have heard about him earlier this week, earlier this year. Um, he got caught cheating. And um, no, no, before that was before that was like the big thing between him buying a car for his. Yes, his he wife. was. But he bought this two hundred thousand dollar car for his wife, and people yeah. was like, and I think we talked about it here on the podcast, yeah. like. I don't have a problem with you buying no car for your wife as long as you're not stealing the, the church's money. Yeah. Um, but then we find out it was because he was cheating. He was cheating on the wife. And, you know, they made they did this whole, like, tour, press tour, where they were like, the woman was a strange woman and she was evil and this, that, the third and the fourth. Talking bad about the woman. Talking bad about the woman. I'm like, okay, I don't cut it. Um, and then he went and met with Trump. Um, he was part of that group of pastors that went to meet with Trump. And I remember him saying that his wife told him, don't do it. And he was like, I didn't, you didn't hear from God. I did. I'm going. But then afterwards he regretted it after he got the backlash of whatever was going on. So all that happened for him. This, this has been a terrible year for Johnny Gray. 2019 <laughs> has not looked good. And it is, it does not appear to be ending on a good note either. And I, I think that, um, it's interesting, um, I think what happens is, this is why I always it always lay with me when um our um previous pastor Reverend Damon was saying shout out to Reverend Damon don't hype me up too much right don't put because a battery in my back don't don't hype me up too much because stuff is going to crash on me because mm-hmm. when people try to highlight me and make me better than everyone else that's when things are start, going to start crashing mm-hmm. around me and I think people were hyping him up too much. And people were giving him, I think people, I don't, I don't know if it's on him, but because people are putting him up too high and then he might have been up too high, God's going to show you that, that he's not, I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, as Reverend was like, don't mess me up, trying to put, don't, do not <laughs> right, hype me up, do not praise me, do not hype me up because like, you're going like, to you're, you're mess me up because yeah. God's going to take me down because <laughs> right, you out of here, Yeah, because you, and this is this goes back to what we, we talk about a lot of times with pastor worshiping, like people just be doing the most and like gassing these people's head up. And then, and then some crazy stuff happens and yeah. breaks them down. So basically um, what happened, what I stumbled upon this week, um, there's a guy called Larry Reed. Um, he has a like Facebook show, Larry Reed Live. And um, a friend of mine put me on to him. He talks a lot about, like, stuff that happens in the church communities because he's a former pastor himself and he's still involved in the uh, church communities. And basically, like, he was talking about how um, something came out that um, John Gray um, has been evicted from that building um, where Relentless Church um, is located in South Carolina and so I was like, oh, so I watched a little bit of his live. It was long, so I didn't stick around and watch the whole thing. But essentially, it seems as if um, John Gray has not been keeping up with the rent over at um, the building. So basically, from what Larry Reed said, it sounds like he moved over to this church in South Carolina and there were no formal written down agreements about, like, rent and things like that it was legit just verbal agreements between him and ron carpenter who was the person and basically it sounds like john gray didn't get his own church quote unquote like this ron carpenter person was sort of trying to do one of those like campus satellite church type things where it's like oh 
if you watch Greenleaf, it's kind of like a Harmony and Hope situation where it's like there's this one big umbrella church and then they have all these different like satellite campus churches. And so that's kind of what John Gray was Which doing. Is the whole bishop pastor thing that yes. most um I think Kojic's Pentecostals do in first place. Yeah. Same, same concept. Yeah. Um it's very I saw somebody um wrote uh something on Facebook where they called it spiritual sharecropping and I was like I've never thought about that before, but my God if you ain't right. Because basically you're operating under the thing, my church is doing this over here. I want to spread that to all these smaller campuses to let me go do that. And because this relentless church was a primarily black population, they were like, oh, let me bring this black guy on to kind of work this land and and do this pastoring over here while I'm over at my other bigger satellite, uh, my bigger, like, umbrella church. So basically um, there was supposed to be some type of lease, but it wasn't, like, written down. It was, like, a verbal lease. Um and I guess they were saying that the way they're painting the story is that John Gray was not managing the finances of the church well. And so basically he fell behind on paying the rent for the building. And so he's being uh, evicted. Um, Usually the pastor doesn't handle that anyway. No, he doesn't. But what I what the guy Larry Reed said is none of the people working on staff at the church were chosen by John Gray. Is literally John Gray and his wife, and then all the other people that work for the church are people that were there from before that worked for. That's a bad way to manage. The, that's exactly. That's a bad way to manage. That's a bad, <laughs> that's bad, a bad, way, bad way to manage. To manage. Um, that's that's part of what's going on with that. And then you know, um, apparently he, um, but the thing with when he bought his wife this car, which he said he bought with his own money. He then turned around a couple months later and asked the church to foot a $250,000 bill for repairs to the church roof in addition to what they were already collecting in weekly tithes and offering. So it's like, if you're leasing, if you're leasing this building, the way I understand leases to work is if something's broken over here, the landlord fixes it. So why are you requesting $250,000 from church members after you brazenly spent this $200,000 on your wife's car to ask for them to repair the building fund? Now it looks suspicious. Now it looks like you did, in fact, use the church's money to -hmm. buy the car, and now you're asking the church to reimburse because somebody figured out that you used the church's money to buy the car. So it's it's just shysty, again. The Christianity public relations team needs to be formed immediately. We need to get Olivia Pope on the case, like I have said, because it looks suspicious. So it sounds to me like John Gray, he says, um, in regard to the roof issue, um, Ron Carpenter handed us the keys. The keys were not to a paid off building. The keys were to an opportunity, an opportunity to continue the work. Nothing you see is paid off. It wasn't paid off when we got here. Um, the church also bought um, uh, Pastor Gray a home, um, a $1.8 million home. It's just a lot of things that look financially suspicious. And it, it the way it looks to me, it's like they're trying to pin it all on John Gray. And that's what I'm trying to say. I was like, but like. And he's the perfect patsy. Yeah. Because like, who knows how long these issues had been going on before he even got there. Correct. But because they've now brought him there, made him the face of it. He's, the he's now the person that's messing everything up. Yeah. Like, and I'm, it's like. I'm looking, I'm like, but like, no no pastor handles all the finances of a church. No. No pastor does that. No. No. That's not possible. So it's like, it's on the people that 
are there working on the Especially finance. if they were there before. Right. It's on them. Those are the people that are, that have kind of mismanaged things or not done things properly. But because he's not... Has, he, has he managed the church before? No. Okay, so he doesn't even... He doesn't, all right. <laughs> so, but my whole thing is. But I, I think they're non-nominational, so they don't have a book of order probably for it. Prime child, first child, listen. My whole thing too is, he was like, do like he wasn't. I don't want to shade his ministry. I don't want to shade his work. But like he had ne- he wasn't even the pastor of a small church before. He was legit like an associate pastor at a at a at a mega church. Like he was one of like. It was kind of like Allen. Correct. Yeah, he was like a pastor. One of multiple. One of multiple. So he didn't pastoral staff. So like, he he probably didn't understand because like it's managing a church is like managing any business. Right. So unless you understand how to manage a big business with a bunch of people, like managing a bunch of people and managing a bunch of customers is is basically how it is. So like he has to have knowledge of how to do that. Right. And he and to me, I'm just like, he didn't have the knowledge to do it, and so. I'm wondering about the people that were around him, like his spiritual leaders around him before he took this opportunity. Like, did they say to him, hey, are you sure that you can handle this? Are you sure you know what you're getting into? Are you sure that you know what you're signing up for? Because, you know, a lot of times certain doors will open up for us and we will think, oh, God is opening this door for me. God is telling me to do this. And it's like, no, maybe it's God trying to test you to see if you're humble enough to recognize that you're not prepared to do this thing. And it, it, it could be a lot of different things. Because, 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 because like, when I heard I, I, when he was I, I, on the show talking about going yeah. to the church, I was like, Cause I remember, I remember it came out of nowhere. I was like, this... Like a leap? It seemed like a big leap. And I was like... To be moving to another state where you don't have roots and to be doing this? Are you ready for that? Right. And I don't think he was. And if you think think that God's calling you to do that, then God has to, again, what are the steps? Right. So, like, figure out what those steps are then. Mm -hmm. Don't just jump in. Right. And I feel like that's what he did. Because God will bless you, but God is a God of order. Right. (laughs) So he's going to give you the order. Now all this flim-flam you girls be trying to do. Yeah. So, like, so even if he did present that to you, Mm -hmm. He would. You have to like find out what the order is and what what the process is because right. it's still a business and right. understand. It. You have to go understand right. all the details. Right. Because like he because like the problem was that he was doing that, but he was still trusting the pastor. He was doing that. Yes. And that's what the problem was. Right. Because he, God can give him do do that, and God can help him change it. Mm-hmm. But he can't trust that like, trust that person. Right. And, <laughs> and I, I think that that's what the difference was. And to me, like looking at the conglomeration of everything that has happened to him this year, I'm like. Something something went wrong. That you something went wrong. Something went wrong, and something also tells me that you kind of got big in the britches, and were a little more full of yourself than you needed to be. Than you think you are. And And this was your humbling lesson. And I I realized that it's a very public one. Yeah, which which is usually how it happens. And what what what, and what (laughs) and what matters is what you do after. Absolutely. And like what she's, I don't know if you heard what she said. Ty Trivet. It's true. What matters is what you do after. Mm-hmm. Ty Tripp, I think, did the right thing after. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. He took a, took a big break, mm-hmm. figured out what he was trying, trying to do, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he came back, and he, he came back different, mm-hmm. and he came back Absolutely. better. Like, I don't so think I, this I, is I think, the worst thing that could... That... No, it's not the worst thing that could happen, but he needs to take back, because mm-hmm. because if he doesn't step step back, it's going to get worse. Right. 
Right. So I think I hope he takes this moment to take a step it's, back. It's going to get worse. To really seek God and figure out what he needs to do. Don't become pub. Don't go public and try to excuse anything. Right. Don't just, do. Don't do what you did with that cheating scandal. Do not try to. Because that just made you look worse. Because it made it worse. Like, do not do a public. Because like. It's, it's going to keep getting worse. Yeah, you yeah, need to yeah. hit us with a please respect my family at this time as we deal with you, this transition you, and then come back to us in a year with something else. You just take a sabbatical mm-hmm. and figure it out. Right, because it is, because like, it seems to me, like based on what I remember from the show, like he really thought this was going to be like his big break, his big opportunity to be like a full-fledged like T.D. Jakes, Joel Olstein level of pastor. And which, I'm just like... Which is fine, but like everything he did Behind this thing it, is crashing and burning, child. Like, especially the thing with like the car and like all that, mm-hmm. all this other stuff that you did that that probably it shows you're not managing right. Right, you're not managing it well. Yeah, you're not managing well. Like, I probably think I think he probably does need to go seriously. No jokes, no shade. He does need to go to some type of counseling and try to figure out like how he got himself in this situation. Like, he needs to sit down with somebody and really like map out like t- what t- happened that led him here. TV Jakes is different. TD Jakes is different. Like people trying to be a TD Jakes, but people don't don't don't. TD Jakes is one of one. Yeah, you can't be a TD Jakes. No, you got to be a you. TD Jakes, I've I've not heard a scam from TD Jakes. Either he doesn't do anything, or he's got he's got a, a a darn good PR team that makes sure we never hear the half of anything yeah. that goes on. Like I don't I don't hear anything about TD Jakes. TD Jakes makes sure everything gets Let's done. Let's not fool around and say that, and this somebody should come out about because you know every time we say something, <laughs> so we got to turn back around like uh yeah. So, so. TD Jakes. <laughs> 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 Let's not. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Because if, <laughs> if 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 we got to come back to y'all with a so TD Jakes, I I'm gonna be heartbroken. Because I love me, I love me some TD Jakes. I don't love them outfits he be wearing. He be trying to dress young, and I'm like TD, you not you a grown man? Don't dress yeah. young no more. But, but um, but yeah, like he had he like don't don't be a TD Jakes, and I, you have you have to have a certain high level of humility. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I think yeah, that's yeah, something yeah, that I, he did that I, he I, I think the more money you get the more fame you get the high form of humility you have to be right and i think that's what i think that's what kind of um because my thing is all his streams of income look dry right now because they canceled the show on own Mm -hmm. because of the cheating stuff Mm -hmm. and probably the trump the trump Mm -hmm. backlash um he's losing supporters he's losing supporters because he's losing supporters because of the trump thing yes so like his book deals and like opportunities to like write books and do stuff like that is tarnished now because of the the book stuff and the Trump stuff. And now you got this like financial mismanagement like thing looming over you with regards to pastoring this church. So I'm just like, it's looking rough for you. And, yeah, and, and especially with your statement was saying like God said to do this and then you came back and say he didn't. I was like, all right, so what so what are you listening to then? Right. Um I think the greatest thing uh, someone told me when told him listening to how you know you listen to God is you listening to Think about it in terms of what logically makes sense in your mind. Mm-hmm. How does it feel in your heart mm-hmm. and spiritual? Mm-hmm. So a lot of people do like, oh, I feel the spirit and everything. Like, but logically, was it? How does it look? Mm-hmm. And how does it feel emotionally? Like, make sure your heart, mind, and spirit are all in accordance to mm-hmm. if God is saying to you. Because mm-hmm. God is saying to you, but it doesn't like, logically make sense. Then <laughs> think about it again. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> like all three should line up. Right. Okay, it's, that's it, a great perspective. I've never heard it like that. Before. Yeah, like some, like some saying, like make sure it makes sure it logically makes sense. Mm-hmm. Make sure your heart it makes sense emotionally, mm-hmm. and it makes sense spiritually. If all three make sense, then you know it's more discernment, mm-hmm. not just one. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people just take one mm-hmm. you know, and run with it. Mm-hmm. Well, like, oh, does a lot of make sense? Then move on. 
Right. Is, does it is it is it hurting your heart in the process? Is mm-hmm. it like it's not making? Then no, don't do it. Mm-hmm. It should all three should make sense. Right. I agree. I agree. That's that's really smart. I like that. I'm gonna have to employ that in my life. <laughs> no, for real. Like that makes a lot of sense. Like I've never thought about it in that way before, but like it, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So, anything else on your uh, docket for today? Um, T tips. T tips. Okay. T tips. T tips. T tips. Um, the T tip that I want to go over, BLM T tips, is called the CRM. CRM. CRM stands for Customer Relationship Management. Mm-hmm. All right. CRM, they, they have a lot of platforms for CRM. One of the most popular ones, the two popular ones are Salesforce and HubSpot. Mm-hmm. And basically, it's a place where you can manage all your customers that come in and give deadlines and have other people work it out. And I think it works out because you can share it with your customers so they can ask you questions. Get a CRM. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um like usually they have free versions in the beginning, but pay, you might have to pay for like a monthly charge for it. But it's a good way to just manage all your customers, manage all your emails you have, manage all your phone numbers. It's good to have a CRM. Like I said, the most popular ones are Salesforce and HubSpot. Um, Google them, figure them out. Mm-hmm. But it's a good way, like I said, to manage people coming in, manage your contact information, manage what previous orders they've had previously. It's just a good way to do that. Mm-hmm. If you've been doing it for a while. Um, if you've already been in business for a while, it's good to just go back and just put all your previous customers in your HubSpot or anything. Of course, they have the apps for it to do it, but it's just a good way to manage what's going on and see to see to, to have a full scope of what you're doing with your business. So please do me a favor. Look up HubSpot. Look up Salesforce. Manage your customers. You can send emails out from that platform. You can... Uh, send out quotes and mm-hmm. voices. You can do mm-hmm. all those things. Mm-hmm. You just use HubSpot Salesforce. Yeah. Very important. Yeah, they're very, very effective. We don't use um Salesforce where I work. We use something like for education called Hobson's Retain, but it's like super useful because um, you can keep all the information for all the contacts you've ever done. You can see like with the one we use, um, if we sent out an email, like we can see if the email was opened, when it was opened. Like we can see you know, how many contacts we've had with the person, what the contact has been, what it's been about. Like, it's a great way to, like, track and um, and uh, assess what your customers' needs are so you can a- and help you to anticipate what their needs will be going forward based on, on past needs. So Yeah, it, it's important to, like, even if it's you by yourself, it's good to start doing that now so mm-hmm. that if you have employees or other people working for you, they, they could all... You can kind of manage what's going on so that if other people are talking to somebody, you know they talked to them and what they talked about. So you can kind of, it, it's a good way to manage. Mm-hmm. Manage yeah. all your customers to make sure. Um, let's say you gave someone a certain price, you would know what that price is. Right. <laughs> so you're not like um, giving them a less or more price than last time. Like you, 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 you know what's going on. Yes. All right. So just set it up. Um, the new year is coming up. Uh, January 1st so try to get that like start setting that up so by the time January 1st starts you have everything lined up mm-hmm. alright facts anything else nah that was it I wanted to talk about some new music but like this podcast is already at like two hours so we yeah. gonna wrap it up we'll talk about it next time we'll talk about it next time I always be like this podcast ain't gonna take this long and then I be looking at the time like oh yeah we are at two hours we are at two hours so let's wrap it up yeah. <laughs> so um thank you so much everybody for yes. Listen to us. Yes. I 
thank you so much for all the supporters that are here. Yes, thank They're you so all much. Awesome. Yes, yes. And we love our supporters. <laughs> Blessings be upon you. Yeah. <laughs> um. Thank you so much for all you have been for us. Yes. And um, we will catch you later. Yes. Until next time. We bid you adieu. Adieu. Uh-huh, uh-huh, all love. Oh, no fear podcast.